0: Welcome, everyone, back to the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network.
1: And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com, the USC site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And together, we make the Podcast of Champions. It's our beautiful baby. we made it together. We did make this together. We have mixed our batters, and we have produced this <laughs> bountiful cake for you. Yeah, very bountiful. Uh I hope you guys find it bountiful. Um, yeah, we are are live here on our YouTube channel. At, we're almost to fifteen hundred subscribers over there. So please thank you guys for uh doing that, guys and gals. Because we have uh, Amy in the chat. She says hello, POC. Thank you, Amy. Uh hello to you too. Hello to everybody. Uh, yeah, we've got a fun show. We're gonna preview what should be an awesome weekend of Pac-12 football. We got kind of like marquee games to start. And to end with Pac-12 after dark, and there should be a lot of fun uh, games in between. Whenever you got games in the desert, David, like there are going to be some fun times. We got those. We have lots of stuff uh, to get to. Do you have a Carhartt shirt on? I do. Always oh, okay. You can. It's hard to see the logo from your. Oh, sorry. Your, like, like, yeah, there you go. There okay. Goes. Someone uh, put that up last week, uh, or someone put that in there. So, ooh, um, that that was gross, Dave. I don't know what what was gross. What, what are we mixing our batter? Oh, that was gross. Yeah. Yeah. I try not to listen to most of what he says. Uh, yeah, the, our batter's mixed, and we are ready for a great uh, show for all of you. If you have emails, you want to like say what's on your mind, you want a little therapy, you want to ask us a question, you can do that at podcast at uh, gmail.com. You can also call or text us at 424-532-0678. I have not checked if we have voicemail, so I'll try to do that for the show. Hopefully, we're not having new ones. We do. We, we do? Yes. I'll just download them as we go because I can do that. What the hell? Uh, Twitter at Pactful Podcast, and then the website is Pac-12 podcast.com. And if you have the Apple Podcasting app, you want to follow us over there and leave us a five star rating. We love that. As well, do we have any new ones? We have two new ones. How do we keep getting new ones? We're doing two shows a week. And we get new ones every time. I know this is from. Ad- I mean, we love them, but like, that's a lot.
0: Yeah, this is a five star review from ADT Football. Okay, FB. I'm assuming it's football. Who knows? Bittersweet Bockelit Bip Bookies. Love the podcast, guys. Honestly, just started listening this football season, and you guys do a tremendous job. I've watched more Pac-12 football this year than any other because conference is just loaded with talent, especially at the quarterback position, and there are intriguing matchups every week. It's sad that this is the last year the band will be together, but it's bittersweet. I hate Cal, and they fucking blow. Wow. P.S. Twitter David and Podcast David are two sides of different coins. I met Twitter David first, and I'm just glad Podcast David is human. I do not know how to take any of that. I'm not sure either. Yeah. Well, that was curious, but I enjoyed it and it was a five star review. This is from Braylon M, a five star review. Say it with me, Dave Whittingham, you beautiful idiot genius. Who needs (laughs) clock management when you have beautiful, stupid luck? Exactly what I'm saying. He is a blessed idiot. We love them.
1: We do love them. Thank you for your reviews. We love those as well. All right. Uh, thanks for that. Um, hey, I'm looking at the voicemails. We have like an almost three-minute voicemail. I don't think we're going to do that one. That just seems that seems aggressive. Okay. Is that, I mean. That, yeah, I, you, you hate people. I understand. I, you can't leave a three-minute voicemail. Is like, it the I, one I, from 503? It's from 541. Oh, okay. The one from 503 is uh, Garbled. It's unlistenable okay yeah so it's a, yeah there's so there's one okay I'll, I'll play that for us a little bit later um yeah so what a little bit of sort of like uh breaking news I guess if you want mm-hmm. to say um there is stuff going on with the pack two mm-hmm. Ross Dellinger uh really good reporter for Yahoo said that what the Mountain West and Oregon State and Washington State are considering a schedule alliance that leads to it could lead to a long-term agreement um, but there's still a court battle going on. Um, I, you know, I read his, it was a really good story that he put up a couple days ago and I thought it was uh, really good. makes a lot of sense if you're going to have some sort of agreement, but they might, you know, the Mount West might, might want an agreement with like, basically like a lease to, you know, rent to own kind of thing. Um, Oregon State, Washington State, I think they want to keep their options open. They certainly want to, um, you know, have a path to be a power five conference again, all that kind of fun stuff. But, I think it makes the most sense if they just stay together, the two schools, and then um, have some kind of deal with the Mountain West. And then John Wilner is reporting about some of the court documents. The more and more evidence is going towards there's no way you can say that if USC and UCLA were out when they went out, you can't say, okay, well, Utah's in and, and Oregon and Washington are in and all that. So it seems like that that's where that's going, but – um you know, so they Oregon and Washington State would Oregon State Washington State would control whatever assets are left with the Pac-12 network and the money coming in from the NCAA tournament. You know, the the seventy two million from Comcast I guess is all coming out this fiscal year, so it'll be they'll be done with that. But everyone's kind of losing on that one, so there wouldn't be maybe that liability. I don't know if there's any more liabilities with the. PAC 12 network headquarters and all that kind of stuff. But it seems like there's significant revenue there that Washington state and Oregon state could control and then give them some options for rebuilding the PAC two or, you know, making a transition to the mountain West, whatever was going to go on there, but there's some stuff going on, but it's still like we're getting towards the end of the the season. We don't even know who Washington state, Oregon state are going to be playing in football next year. So it's getting a little crazy, but uh, you know, just any thoughts on all that stuff, David?
0: Um. Yeah, I mean, it's the same crazy thing, but I think they're doing the right thing for them financially, uh, which is what anyone's doing at this point. That's the only thing people are thinking about is what's good for me money-wise. Uh, so that's good. Um, but I think
1: it's good for them if just playing Mountain West schools, like an agreement. Like No. You don't think that's good? No. Compared to what? Good relative to what? Like well, good in that they have football teams to play against? No, I mean, okay, so – not saying it's good because they don't have the Pac 12 to play anymore, but given their current situation, like, is, it, they could have said, we're going to join the ACC or something, and then you're playing. Like, I'd rather them play Mountain West schools here than. The
0: best case scenario would still be for them to, like, somehow backdoor and invite into the Big 12, because then they could still play, you know, some certain number of Pac 12 teams, and you're getting a level of competition that's greater than what you're going to get in the Mountain West. But barring that, yeah, I mean, it's better than. I don't know playing like four FCS schools that they'd each have to play if they were going yeah. to stick in the West
1: Coast. Yeah, but I mean the whole situation sucks. It does suck. Uh, it sucks for them, um, and we hate to we hate to see it. So, I yeah I don't even get this lawsuit. It was just like you are gonna leave them. Just let them control what what assets are left. Like J
0: Max c- says, I see David yawning. Someone I put that get up that on man the and Energy Drink stat. I am yawning because Ryan has led off this exciting week of Pac twelve football with like banal like uh contract negotiations and lawyer shit like come on it's news yeah stick it at the end if you want to talk about it oh you can talk about it to yourself after i leave to go pick up my child
1: okay um well do you is it news that uh, we forgot to mention this maybe we did but this is something I have an issue with. And I don't know. And we've talked about this a little bit. You've
0: been angry about this for a long time because you prioritize Media Day above all other things.
1: Cam Rising, Brent Keefe are, you know, two superstars for Utah. Kyle Whittingham, you called the uh Blessed the, Idiot. Blessed Idiot brings them to Pac-12 Media Day. This is in July. Mm-hmm. Uh they don't play. Warm up a little bit. They don't play. Week after week, don't play. After the USC game, he he announces that they're both out for the year. I I don't think that's ever happened where people like as coaches brought two players that weren't going to play for the entire season. Um, you know they would like maybe two guys that got hurt in fall camp or something, but like they weren't even going to play the whole season, and you bring them out there. I that just well, I don't r- know that he knew that at that time. I mean, it seemed pretty optimistic that they would be able to play. Like I, I'd rather just bring somebody else.
0: Sure. But I, I think so he was, I think, very clearly approaching this with like, uh, we're gonna rub some dirt on it and they're gonna be out there. Um, which is stupid. Again, blessed idiot. Uh but um I, I don't think it was like that nefarious. I do think they're they're really uh strict with their injury policies, but I don't think right. it was an intent to like mislead for the whole season. I think they probably were like, Well, we're gonna get him back by conference play. Um, and then they didn't. Yeah.
1: I don't know, but it's Keithy, unfortunate.
0: The Keithy one is weirder. I Because mean, he, he was supposed he, to be really was, close. He was hurt at the beginning of September last year. Yeah. So that one is the timeline is a little bit strange. But uh, the rising one, you know, we were cast in doubt on that in the off season. Um, So that one isn't shocking that he might be out the whole year because ACL, you know, in as much as one guy can come back, you know, after six or seven months, uh, lots of guys still take at least a year. And then they might not even be 100% when they're back. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I don't get as excited about that because I don't care about media day as much as you do. I, well, because I go. I went the last two years.
1: You you went two years? Yeah. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Remember, you drove me two oh, years ago. yeah. To uh the last one in LA. Yeah. And then Vegas, baby. Vegas,
1: baby. I'm going to Vegas for uh, after USC plays Washington. Of course you are. There's uh, like a basketball thing. Uh What? There's USC's playing like women's and men's basketball are playing. Oh, are they doing a tournament there? There's some kind of thing. Single event.
0: uh, Matthew has to get an important question uh, in light of your uh, media day uh, upset. Uh, Any spring practice updates? Yeah,
1: I put that up on the screen already. Uh, I did go golfing this morning, Matthew. That's why we're doing the show a little bit later. So, (laughs) Um, yeah, Uh, our our, one of our resident uh, Utah fans. Uh, Amy says, uh, I have so many thoughts about this whole thing with Coach Witt and the rising issue. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I I, I feel like gamesmanship is one thing. This seemed to go way beyond that. Like, you bring them to Media Day. You're like, we want all the people in the beginning of our schedule to think that Cam Rising is going to play. Like, if that what it is? It's just like, I think you're doing a disservice to the kid who had to go to Media Day and answer questions when you're like. All the people. Like, the 17 people at Media Day. We had a lot of people. Oh, jeez. I know. Okay. Well, what you know what you should do? We should like preview some games. Yes, please. Good God. Do you know how many please. buys? How many schools are on buys this week? Oh, it gotta be what, three or four? None. Wow. Zero. Amazing. Uh yeah, so we're gonna go in order uh the way they're played. And it just so happens we're book bookended by a couple of really good ones. So uh first up, we've got Oregon Ducks. Uh going on the road, doesn't seem like a difficult road trip, right? Like Salt Lake City, very inviting. Like it doesn't seem too bad. They're going to take on Utah Utes. This game is at 1230, and I want you to
0: note the time because that's the only, only potential for Oregon to actually win this game is that it's daytime and not nighttime. That's it. Ah. That's the only reason. 1230 p.m. on Big Fox, number eight, Oregon traveling to number 13, Utah. Uh, Utah is a six-and-a-half point home dog. Um, I... <laughs> I don't even want to provide analysis. I'm just going to take Utah. Uh, so here's the thing uh, Utah, I think, has found some things offensively that work as a well coached team will. Uh, you know, they looked inept and awful at the beginning of the year offensively, trying to make things happen. Nothing was happening. But as a well coached team does, they've figured out some things that they do well and they've accentuated those things. Yeah. One of those things they do well is take players from other positions and put them at running back. Jaquindon Jackson now Vaki. uh he's been excellent um Kyle Whittingham alluded to him just being a full-time offensive player this week uh which is again strong uh, a strong similarity to what happened with miles Jack in 2013 um and uh you know I think they've got they've now got enough that you can say okay they're gonna score some points it might not be you know they're not going to score 40 a game but they're gonna score some points and then defensively they've been Utah all year. Uh, Oregon, I don't know. Have they contended with a defense of this caliber? I don't think so. Um, and it's on the road in Utah. You're giving me points. Of course, I'm taking Utah. They might not win,
1: but six and a half? Good God. Uh, Exactly that. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Like, last week, it was like seven points. Yeah, give me Utah on the seven points. This week, it's at home. Now... Can Oregon get it together? and uh,
0: and Win by 10? Maybe. Yeah,
1: they could win by... I could see Oregon winning by 14, 17 or something. That certainly could happen. But on the road, there's just so many bad things that could happen and Utah gets those things. Like you were talking about the Blessed Idiot. Like things are going to go Utah's way, especially in Salt Lake City. There's going to be things like, oh my God, like I can't believe Bo Nix threw that pick or oh, that putt return for a touchdown. Like there's going to be things like that and it's just going to be... I think close. Um, Now, certainly there's a a world where Oregon pulls away and they just look really good and and Utah kind of comes back down to earth and the pig farmer doesn't look very good and your safety doesn't go for 149 yards and two touchdowns. Like, that's possible. But I think it's a lot more probable that it's some crazy Utah game that somebody wins by a field goal. And so that's inside the 6.5, so give me the 6.5. Yeah, absolutely. All day long. We're in firm agreement uh we agree is what our friends over at the solid verbal would say okay uh next up we've got usc trojans i should have mentioned the ranks so oregon's number eight uh and utah's number 13 uh usc's number 24 and they're going on the road to take on
0: california golden bears
1: (laughs) This is
0: 1 p.m. on the Pac-12 network, so, I mean, how do you divide your attention? It's like there's this really good game going on on this other channel, and then you've got this crap fest on the Pac-12 network. <laughs> uh, number 24, USC. Why is USC still ranked? I, started, I'm, seri-
1: I'm seriously asking. They started at 20. Pure at inertia. Five. Like, yeah. who have they beaten? Uh, Arizona, Arizona, there's their best win. Yeah. And
0: <laughs> and barely a win. Yeah. Uh number twenty four USC going to Cal. Cal is a ten and a half point home dog. Um first obviously I'm taking Cal. Um I will then walk that back immediately and say if there's ever a team that USC could blow out even at this broken stage of their development this year, it is Cal. Yeah, um, Cal's bad, uh, and
1: they've. I think Jackson Sermon is now out for the year. Oh, that, um, I missed that. I believe so. They have Cal has a really bad defense, and it's going to be worse without Jackson Sermon. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah, he's got a season-ending injury, um, so he's out for the year. Fernando Mendoza, though, on the other side, uh, he got dinged up in his last game,
1: but he's. He was fine. He should be fine. He should be. I talked to a source. Who couldn't confirm that he's going to play, but sounded pretty optimistic.
0: Okay. Uh, Ryan talked to Fernando Mendoza. Um, no.
1: So never. I didn't cover him in high school. Yeah, but um, they could
0: move the ball because anyone can against this USC defense. Um, because Alex Grinch is a unlucky idiot. <laughs> you know, you've got a blessed idiot for Utah, but then you've got an unlucky idiot in Alex Grinch, who what bad luck to say in your availability uh this week, you know, we just didn't see it on film, as like a, a half assed explainer for the bad thing that you didn't do against Sioni Vaki. Right. And then just have that be immediately proven untrue. That if you were doing your job, you absolutely did see it on film because it was one of the plays they ran in the previous game yes how unfortunate right that you're that you you make up the dumb excuse and then it immediately blows up in your face lots of people are able to lie successfully but not Alex Grinch Mm. sad um anyway USC um what can you say uh I think they're gonna be able to score some points but I could also see Cal you know, doing its thing that it's done against some bad defenses this year, which is weirdly score like 35. So, yeah, give me 10 and a half. I'll take it.
1: Me too. Uh, yeah, this one's easy for me. Now, could USC get their their act together? Lincoln Riley missed a couple of days of practice with pneumonia. Been, it's been a weird week around USC for sure. And it's um, usually so normal and so stable around and USC. There was, yeah, when you get instability and they've lost a couple of games, like I'm not taking them to cover on the road like this. Like, I think they'll win the game, but I'm, um, you know, ten and a half points is is quite a bit. Um, we've seen Cal offense; they've been pretty good, and if Mendoza plays, they could be really good. Uh, they had over 500 yards against Washington, uh, which is a better defense than USC. Um, Oregon State's a better defense than USC, and they put up 40 on the beast. Now they give up 52, uh, and that wouldn't be covering the spread. But USC's like USC has to get their their act together because they've just not played well for the last like month. So will they? I mean, they it pos- could they you know their stretch after this is really difficult. Uh, there could be a look ahead kind of thing, but if you lost two games, it's really hard to look ahead. But yeah, I like Cal in the points. Um, they can offense. They can. When you're going to be a home dog of double digits, and it's a team that can score a bunch of points, it's really hard for me. So yeah, give me the points, and we'll see where it goes from there.
0: Losing this game, uh, like you don't even want to, you don't even want to contemplate the depths of that of that abyss. Oh, if USC fans, yeah, that would like that is that is potential for six and six utter collapse. Yeah. You gotta win this
1: one. This is a must, 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 must win. Uh, for sure. All right. Next up, we've got this is our number five, well, number five team overall. Washington Huskies. <laughs> Going on the road to take on
0: Stanford Cardinal. All right, so this is at 4 p.m. on FS1, number five, Washington at Stanford. Stanford is a 26.5 point. Home dog Um, under the same theory as last week. I will again be taking uh, the big dog against Washington. Uh, The ASU game didn't work out the way I thought it would like the reason for taking uh, ASU against Washington. I thought it would be some one of those like just backdoor covers because they're letting them back in the game. Um, This one I think is going to be more that speed. You know Washington does like to get backups in the game. I do think they're going to blow them out real good. But um, I could see it being 24 points instead. 26 and a half is just a lot. So I'm going to take Stanford. This
1: is really tough because I want to, want to, want to, want to, want to pick Washington. Seeing what – you know, UCLA just went to the farm and just boat raced them. Yep. I mean, there wasn't – I guess Stanford had some opportunities, right? They just blew them. Um, And Washington looked like, you know, smelly ass against Arizona State. Didn't score an offensive touchdown. But but Stanford was so bad and they have been so bad. But I, I'm so gonna.
0: the thing I'll say about Stanford though is they move the
1: ball. They yeah. Like they just they, they they like to commit penalties, but they did move the ball. And UCLA's defense significantly better than Washington's. Um so if Stanford can move the ball a little bit, you know, and wa- we've seen Washington's offense not be that great. Stanford's defense is putrid-y, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of points. And my theme this week when I saw the spreads was just like I'm taking underdogs. And it's hard not to take the 26 and a half. Uh could Washington you know beat them 45 to nothing? Yes, you know. It's just like okay, I'll take my L if that happens. But otherwise like I feel a little more comfortable just like sitting on my couch watching, well I won't be on my couch, because I'll be traveling, but you know, watching Stanford try to keep it within Four touchdowns of Washington. Like I I feel better on that side. When you know when Washington's up 21-0 in the first quarter, it'd be like, oh well, that's screwed. But you know, we'll see what happens. Maybe they got maybe a little fo- little dog in them. A little little fight in them. I literally was cheering for Stanford last week, thinking I had picked Stanford when I had picked UCLA. So and I was like, man, they suck. So I get to cheer for them again. Um this time maybe they'll have a better chance. Maybe. Uh so okay, we're both on Stanford. Uh, and all those points, points, points. Yum, 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 yum. Okay. Um, what did you say? What was our mixing? What was the word you used for moist our... points? No, no. It was when we mixed our uh, bat like a batter of something. With... I don't.
0: I can't remember that far <laughs> it was, back.
1: Something that was something early on? Yuck. Okay. Uh, next up, it's gonna be going on at the same time. Essentially, we got Colorado Buffalo. <laughs> The fighting primes are coming to primetime. They're coming to L.A. Mm -hmm. They're going to the Rose Bowl to Mm -hmm. take on the number 23 UCLA Bruins. 4.30
0: p.m. on ABC. Colorado traveling to number 23 UCLA. UCLA is a 17-point home favorite. Uh, Colorado, they have a horrible defense. Um, Not quite Stanford level, but horrible. Really bad. Uh, Bad running attack. Not good. Elite passing attack. They,
1: they ran the ball against USC.
0: Yeah, uh, Shadur Sanders, probably the most accurate quarterback in the league this year. Does uh, he? Go, does he like to get sacked? He does like to take sacks. Unfortunately, uh, is UCLA any good at that? They're pretty good at that. Oh, that so could be a problem. They, their best asset is their quarterback, who again likes to get sacked a lot. Um, <laughs> and UCLA's best asset defensively is shutting down any running game. And rushing the passer. Okay. So what Colorado has to hope for is to hit hit big plays in the passing game because you're probably not going to manage efficiency. You're probably not going to manage to march consistently. But maybe you can hit a couple of big ones over the top. That's got to be their hope. Um, it's a slim hope. Uh, and then on the other end, Colorado's defense is just really bad. I mean, their linebacker play is so bad. They're dropping a safety in at linebacker this week. Trevor Woods is going to play going to play linebacker. Your cousin, my cousin, Trevor. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're just that front seven is is really really poor. Um, they're really bad against the pass and very bad against the run. I like UCLA to cover. I'm one in five against the spread picking UCLA this year.
1: <sighs> this is killing me because uh, I want to pick opposite you, because mm-hmm. that's what worked last week, mm-hmm. uh, when I finally got a win.
0: But you are having
1: an impossible time
0: doing so? It's really hard. Yeah. The Worms got to turn. I've been so good picking other games.
1: Yeah, I feel like this was one that, coming off the bye, the last thing that you did was blow a 29-point halftime lead. And so then
0: you had to go sit on it for two weeks. You
1: really sat on it for yeah. two weeks. Now, it can be motivating. And obviously, you have one of the great motivators in all of football with Coach Prime. Yep. Using that. But, man, I feel like what when we've seen Colorado sort of struggle, like we just haven't seen them play like a defense like this, right? Like who they played – who are they that who else have they played? That was Okay.
0: Let me uh I'll go through the uh, best defenses they've played. All right, they've already so, played Oregon. They got to, yeah. This is it like All right. So the best defense they've played is Nebraska. Um and if you remember that game, they finished with thirty six points, but a lot of that was off of horrible Nebraska turnovers. Yeah. Uh Oregon had a good defense, they scored six points. Um TCU is a top forty defense and they scored forty five.
1: Yeah, that was the, that was early. That was a weird one.
0: Yeah. I mean, the the X factor here is that uh Travis Hunter is back and playing on offense again, and that does change their passing attack a little bit more. I sure. think Shador Sanders has a lot more faith in him catching the ball than uh like Jimmy Horn who drops, you know, one in five balls that're thrown his way. Um so, you know, I mean there's there's reasons to think it could happen. I'm just playing the odds. It's got to be UCLA.
1: Yeah, I hate to agree with you, but I mean, you got a Garbers as a quarterback, like that's going to be way better. Yeah, you know?
0: no, the, uh, he's got the bloodlines of the best quarterback in
1: Pac-12 history. Jim in the, um, yeah, really Pac-12 history, I think it's uh, Chase. Uh, Jim says, Chip's going to pull out all the option game with Colin Schley. When that guy runs, he just runs.
0: But, yeah, and uh, so Colin Schley was back in practice this week. I mean, Chip's not saying who's going to start, but it's duh yeah i mean it's got to be ethan garbers um so yeah i mean there there's you you have to like kind of um it's like an eye of the needle type thing to get a, a a scenario for colorado to pull out a win i mean it's not so much to get a cover but just it's this feels like a ucla blowout to me
1: it does too so i kind of have to roll with you there but i hate i hate giving up that many yeah. And Colorado could come off the bye week and just look like a whole new team or oh, totally. Or not. But I'm gonna UCLA pulled it up, you know, last week on the road, just took care of business, covered with ease. I think they're gonna do the same thing here. So I will agree with you again, Mr. Woods. Okay, uh this one should be a fun one. We've got unranked Washington State Cougars. <laughs> You get that for a while until I pick you right. Uh, Against, uh, also unranked, and on the road at... Arizona State Sun Devils.
0: (laughs) You kind of joked about this one. I actually think this one is going to be fun. Uh, It will be. 5 p.m. on the Pac-12 network, Washington State at ASU. Arizona State is a a five-and-a-half-point home dog, ASU. I'm taking ASU. Um, I think ASU wins.
1: I thought, yeah, this was one I was like, should I just take the money line? Because I feel like this is an ASU. Now, yeah. Washington State looked better last week. For a little bit. Against Oregon. And then Oregon. they looked broken. But Arizona State is just always kind of right there. They're and, right there,
0: and this is the weakest team they've played, um, gosh, in a long time. Um, I mean, I guess Colorado was pretty weak, but... Uh, I mean, they had
1: Washington, Colorado... Cal. Yeah. They, they
0: played super competitive against Washington. They played very competitively against Colorado. They should have beaten Cal on the road. Could have beat USC at could home. could have beaten
1: USC. It was very close uh in the third quarter. Um they had Fresno State on the road. No, right, no, no, that was not good. <laughs> but that, that since, was pre that was pre Dillingham yeah, calling since, plays.
0: Since Denny Killingham's been calling plays, uh it's been a different deal. So uh yeah, I like ASU here. I think um Washington State looks still fundamentally broken uh the defensive job from uh ward brian ward against washington uh was so impressive that i think he'll be able to suss out exactly what you're supposed to do against washington state as most coordinators have since uh ucla game so dropping guys back in the coverage yeah i think asu is going to have some success doing that it's a relative night game in the desert you know, if that crowd can get raucous, I don't know how much they're expecting for this game, but if uh, if there are enough fans in the stands, I think it could make it very interesting, and I think ASU wins.
1: I got to do, too. I mean, I think this is like a Brian Ward sort of game. Like, he's had great game plans against uh, really good offenses, and this is a offense that was really good for a while, and then it's kind of shit the bed for a little bit. Um, but to, to shut down Michael Penix on the road like that, uh, I got to... You gotta think at home, they're gonna do a nice job against Cam Ward. So uh five and a half points. I thought this would be closer to a pick 'em and then you'd like kind of a decision. But uh five and a half, I'm gonna take Arizona State here. Uh we'll see. We'll see how the Sun Devils play. Offensive lines doesn't exist, right? Like they it's just not very good. The Washington State offensive line? No, the Arizona State offensive line. Neither of their offensive lines are any good. Yeah. But Arizona State had like a bunch of injuries and stuff yeah, yeah. too. Um you got like you know, manager's going to j- walk on and play offensive line or something. But, yeah, I, feel, so. yeah. but I feel like this is going to be... he was just there. Like, they're competitive in all these games, you know. And uh, yep. at home, I think they'll be competitive again. All right. Uh, last game of the night. Pac-12. After dark, baby. We got number 11. Oregon State Beavers. And unranked, at least for the moment... Arizona Wildcats. Seven
0: thirty p.m. on ESPN. Number eleven, Oregon State at Arizona. Uh, Arizona is a three-point home dog. Uh, what time's this game taking
1: place at? Seven thirty p.m. Where? M. This is in the desert, in oh. Tucson, Arizona. Right. Not. It's not very close to Corvallis, Oregon.
0: Has a good Arizona <laughs> team ever lost a night game at home? I don't know. Ever. Maybe. But Oregon State plays great on the road, right? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think Arizona's going to win the game. Um, Yeah. I mean, so Oregon State's been a really, really good team this year. Uh, This is a tough spot. Arizona is uh, playing really, really good football. Should have beaten USC. Played really competitively against Washington. Beat the hell out of Washington State last time out. They're off a bye. Um, Yeah, I'm obviously there's scenarios where Oregon state wins and covers for sure. But, um, yeah, it's just, I mean, and now Arizona. So if they win this one, they've got a back to back at home where they're doing this one. And then UCLA also at seven 30 next Saturday, things could get very interesting for the wildcats. If they pull this off this two for right here, um, this is a huge game for Arizona. I think for Jed fish for that program, uh, but Noah Fafita has been uh basically unblemished as the starter. Uh I think I think he's gonna have a good game. Um and I think their defense could disrupt DJU. Uh yeah, I like Arizona to win.
1: I like Arizona in this one too. Um just what they when they went on the road and just absolutely pummeled Washington State, it just was like this, you know, eye opening moment. Um, you know, lost a couple games early, kind of like what could have been. Uh, but this definitely seems like a jetfish bowl team, which is great. Uh, this is a this is a big one though. Coming in Oregon State, coming in, you know, a, a ranked, highly ranked team, and it's, it's as close as it is. Oregon State has struggled on the road a lot. I do like the way DJU's been playing, and I wasn't even that down on him like early in the season when a lot of other people are. Uh, a running game try who, tri- who, who would have been down on him. That might Early have been you. Season. That might have been you. And but a lot to be fair, a lot of people were. And I was just yeah. like, I didn't see them being that bad. Like, you know, whatever. Uh yeah, running game could travel. Uh this defense hasn't been as good as you know, we thought, but they they can do some good things. So but yeah, I I like Arizona here, at least getting the points. What is it? Three and a half? Is that where we Three. Three. Okay. Yeah. Um yeah, like I wanted to take underdogs in most of the games, but the UCLA and Washington ones did not. But for the most part, and we all agreed on all these, I'm still three behind you, but I, I need to get my, I'm three above 500 now. Um, so working my way back up there. So we'll do that. Yeah. Uh, okay. So that's going to be it. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back and do questions back in a minute, everyone. All righty, we're back here. Are we starting with Eric? Um You want me to do the voicemail first? Sure. I downloaded it, but uh, we—I don't—I don't know. Look, to, I look think it's see, Eric. Look to see where we're starting. Okay, let's do the voicemail first, and then we'll we'll go to questions.
0: Hey, what's up, guys? It's Perk. Uh, I'm just curious. Kind of saw, not forget who the writer was on the athletic, but they were talking about uh Lincoln Riley and kind of the path forward for USC after their two losses, and how he's in a spot where. Um, he's going to have to be doing something that he's not used to doing or that he never did at Oklahoma, which is um, effectively build a program given kind of what was left over from Clay Helton. And Ryan, I was curious to see if, if you feel that sentiment is, um, is warranted and if you feel like he's doing a good job and kind of putting the infrastructure in place to do that, or if you feel like there's in year two, kind of a lot of holes that have left to be filled. I'm just curious to get your thoughts.
1: Thanks guys. Thanks, Perk. Um, yeah, like there's definitely we've talked about this. I think last show there's a portion of the USC fan base that's ready to move on and they just want something else. And um, I think part of it is he did have a, you know, he had a shit ton of success in his first year. Winning a Heisman is like you don't nothing to sneeze at, and winning 11 games that's pretty rare too. But you set the bar super high at that point. And on, you know my opinion, just covering this team for a while, it was there was a lot of rot from within that you had to sort of fix. And when it looked like he fixed everything in year one, they were like, okay, now you can build on that. And I, I feel like some of it's not there. And I think he's still a young coach. Um, it does help if you take over a great culture like Bob Stoops had when he was at Oklahoma. Um, but, you know, there's also – it's there's difficulties replacing a legend too. Like whoever's going to take over Nick Saban, not that Bob Stoops was that level, but – it's a lot. You, Nick Saban built this amazing program, but you still have to take over for the guy. And I thought he did a nice job doing that. And you know, is the jury out? Going to be is he going to be like a top five coach? You know, I don't know, uh, but I think he's got that potential. There's really good stuff on his resume, and I feel like there's a lot of stuff that you kind of have to rebuild. They're not recruiting at very well, but I think some of that is just the their USC's not been very good at adapting to. You know, the early signing period, NIL, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I th- I feel like he's doing a lot of good stuff. Um, but there's some bad stuff, too, and I think there's things you need to fix. Ohio State's defense wasn't very good, and you go get Jim Knowles from Oklahoma State. Why? Because they had this amazing defense. And what's Ohio State's defense this year? It's amazing. So, if he can do that, if he goes and hires some really good – I mean, you got Brian Ward. Like, okay, that would probably be a big improvement. Um, you go out and get somebody that's a really good defensive coordinator – and then I think that's a step in the right direction. If not, if you're still like kind of futzing around with that or you get somebody else or promote from within, then I am mean, you're like, okay, then I'm not sure he's doing the right things to kind of build the program up. But I think in general, yeah, I mean, based on his resume, based on what he's done so far, taking the shit show he took over, I mean, I, it's, you know, I think you're about where it was. If it was like six and two to start last year and then you, you know, 11 and three this year, it'd be one thing. But if they go like 11 and three and then like eight and four, it's like hey you go on the right you you're not going the right direction. Do you think your opinion
0: would meaningfully change if they finish the year 7 and 5? Then
1: um no and that's a possibility for sure. Uh it's I I still think so because it was so bad. It just shows how much he was able to do that first year and maybe some of it's like there's some smoke and mirrors aspect to it, and you catch lightning in a bottle and all that. And it's easier to go out with no expectations than with heavy ones. It would it would to me, David, be more about, all right, like you didn't do things the right way to go into year two. You did stuff right year one, and you maybe took some like whatever, took some things for granted, and it wasn't the same way in year two. But even if the way if they finish this, you know, eight and four or something, I still feel like that's you didn't take advantage of the right thing. There's things you need to correct, but you didn't do things as right in year two as you did in year one. So, And, if, and the main thing would
0: be uh, firing Alex Grinch out of a cannon into the moon. Okay.
1: That, but that's like a given. And I don't – you know, I didn't have an issue with his sort of explanation why. But I think there's other things. I mean, the offense hasn't been really good either. There's – I think there's – you know, it's a difficult thing. Like Caleb Williams has become this huge deal um, – You know, has it been a distraction? Has it, you know, it's, I think there's a lot of stuff that you could have handled better. But if you had a better defense, you need a better defense than what you have. You know, it's just, it's not, the talent is better than it was last year and the defense still pretty crappy. So that, that, yeah, that's a big one. But there's other problems too. That's more like, to me, it just seems like there's other issues, you know, with you fix a bunch of stuff, but it's still not, you know, the foundation isn't built the way you'd want it to yet, if that makes sense.
0: No, it does. It does. I think. Cautioning, I think cautioning patience for USC fans is probably uh, the right move. Um, you know, not a straight line. The only thing I would say is that the problems inherent with what's going on at USC right now, and strictly the defense, uh, it's been a problem for him. Um, and he's produced. I think he produced more consistently elite programs at Oklahoma. There is a unique factor that USC, the Pac-12 this year is indeed very strong and usc is playing a much more difficult schedule this year than last year um so it might you know records you know wobbling a little bit one way or the other is sometimes just a reflection of schedule yeah. um so but uh yeah i mean i think there's still some questions to answer for uh lincoln rally
1: the um jackson says no signature wins for lincoln Riley in year one like i would i would push back on that too um I mean, if you beat – to beat USC – I mean, for USC to beat UCLA and Notre Dame in the same season, it's pretty rare. He did both of those things. And that was a good UCLA team. It was a good UCLA team. It was a pretty good – you know, okay, Notre Dame team. They had some good wins and some bad losses. Um, and they – you know, that Oregon State win on the road was – you know, that that's not an easy place to – that's the only loss they've had there, right? Like, has Oregon State lost at home again? I don't think so. I, I don't think they have. So, I mean – they did some good things. You can't just throw away the whole season like oh it was ter- 11 wins that was terrible. Like that's not the case. They should have won the Cotton Bowl for sure. That you probably have a different. But even then if they were 12 and 2 and they won the Cotton Bowl, you'd be really mad if they go 8 in for <laughs> this year or so. Oh yeah. Um but fun stuff.
0: All right. Uh do you want to do the other voicemail or Oh, that's the only one. Oh, okay. This is Eric uh F. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Rushing the field. Hi, Dave and Ryan. I think it's cool when college football fans rush the field at the end of an amazing win. I graduated UCLA in 98 and don't recall ever seeing UCLA fans at the Rose Bowl rush the field after a huge win, e.g. 13-9 in 2006. I think all of the other Pac-12 teams have had instances where the fans rush the field. However, it seems like there is more footage of Rose Bowl security guards acting like free safeties and pummeling fans as they encroach the sacred grass of the Rose Bowl. What's it going to take for UCLA football fans to rush the field? Granted, I understand that a huge win, which doesn't always happen to you for UCLA, is a prerequisite. Love the pod and look forward to next year's format, especially the sound effects for the preview of the Indiana versus Nebraska game. Thanks, Eric. I can hear a bunch of my classmates from 2006 screaming right now as I'm reading this because there was an attempt to rush the field and many of them got pepper-sprayed by Rose Bowl security. Wow. Yeah, no, they're adamant. They do not allow people to rush the field to the Rose Bowl. Um, So you have to to really want it, Um, and there has to be more than just the students who really, really want it, and I don't think that's ever going to be the case at a UCLA game. Like, everyone has to jump, or no one does, uh, because they will pepper-spray you and maybe hit you with batons.
1: We had... uh uh, Vishnu say, um, let me put it up here on the screen for you guys. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, we tried rushing the field as students in 2006. Yes. The cops beat our asses. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, I heard I heard so many friends who got
0: like beat up or pepper sprayed. Yeah, and I'm sure it's one of those stories that's grown. Like I'm sure it was like one kid that got pepper sprayed, but it's now like you know
1: the of 300. Yeah. They had, like, the pepper spray, like, cannon out. There. <laughs> yes. It was like a fire hose of pepper spray. Yes. Uh, Matthew says UCLA fans are warned not to a lot. Yes. Uh, I think it's, like, an L.A. thing, too, because it's sort like, L.A. fans just don't necessarily care about anyone else. Like, you're not, like, you're happy you won, but you're not, like, oh, my God, we beat, like, the mighty somebody. Like, you know, just think of yourself as, UC, like, USC, UCLA. Lakers whatever you're just like ah whatever I
0: think everyone should rush the field after every game I think it's fun. It'll be time. fun. Um and Poly Pavilion is much the same way where like the security is aggressive like they do not let you
1: rush the field or rush the court. Is it weird that I've been to Poly more recently than you? No. <laughs> All right. Uh next up we got Fred and Sarasota. Am I a college football fan? Um sometimes I'm really more of a USC football fan. I wanted the season to end and to move on to 2022. As soon as Riley's hire was announced, when the Trojans lost to Utah in the Pac-12 championship game, I was ready immediately for 2023. As of Saturday night, I am ready for the Big Ten. Riley will be fine, but he needs to admit that he has a problem on defense and get a DC who is very experienced in the Big Ten. Jim Leonard, who had much success at Wisconsin, is available. That's, That's a good name, Fred. Um, hang on Fred you are not
0: even a USC football fan what you are is a championship level USC football fan like if you're, you're ready to move on <laughs> it's October Fred <laughs> it's October and you don't have a bad team it's just a flawed team and it's you're like, ready you're done I'm out of this
1: it's like the fan, the fansville commercial where like they're all burning their jerseys <laughs> and stuff and then Bosworth is like it was the first game first play of the game <laughs> oh yeah maybe a little, yeah like is it ch- so I guess it's championship or bust for Fred. Yeah, that's crazy.
0: Um, all right, this is from John Lobb. Kyle Whittingham. Hey, guys. Blessed idiot. I'm of the opinion that Kyle Whittingham is the best coach in the country. No disrespect to Nick Saban and his eight national titles, or however many it is, but I don't think he would have that su- the success that Kyle Whittingham has enjoyed with two- and three-star recruits. My God, Utah's quarterback is a former walk-on third-string pig fucker.
1: <laughs> Wait, that's not nice. Farmer. Uh, I think for, he spelled for Farmer Christ wrong.
0: Sake. Again, just my... I read that on accident. Like, I read it because I was like, oh, it's going to be Farmer, and then I just... But it's not. It's, he said pig fucker. Uh, again, just my opinion. Discuss all the best, uh, John and Salt Lake. Um, okay. Uh,
1: Is he a really good head coach?
0: He's in the top tier. Uh, he has to be. But... Um, I'm not going to sit here comparing him to Nick Saban or Urban Meyer, who, like, what did he do? Coached two years at Utah and... Went 12-0. Yeah. Um, so he's... Uh, Kyle Whittingham's really good. It's like... Um, but it's like two different meals you're eating. Like, it's it's a different thing. Like, Kyle Whittingham is like a... I don't know. It's like a, a really great cheeseburger. And, Mm -hmm. like, Nick Saban's, like, a really great, uh, I don't know, like, Italian dish or something. It's just, like, a different thing. Like, you're getting a program builder. You're getting something that's, like, meat and potatoes that's just going to be good. And it's going to be in the same way good forever. Uh, And then Nick Saban, you're winning national titles because he can recruit, like, a god to Alabama and uh, turn it into a, you know, a bulldozer. But it's different things. I don't know if Kyle Whittingham can go to Alabama and do what Nick Saban's done. And by that same token, maybe Nick Saban couldn't have gone to Utah and done. And right. Did, I think there's different But I I will say I do think Nick Saban could have gone to Utah and, and done more or less what Kyle Whittingham did. Like he's a really good coach, guys. Yeah. I mean, we don't need to get into like Kyle Whittingham is like the best coach in the history of football. He's really good. He's really good. Uh he's probably the best and most consistent coach in the Pac twelve since the Pac twelve started.
1: Uh yeah, no, I mean I think there's something to be said for longevity, consistency. There's a – and you have a, a system in place that works, that you can plug in a safety at your running back spot, but everyone knows the drill. It's it That helps a lot. Like you've had this culture established, and it's – the freshman class comes in, they learn it from everybody, and the sophomores are still learning it from the seniors, but they're now learning more, and they're teaching the freshmen coming in. It's just everybody knows, it. and the, the coaches stay the same a lot, and they know what's expected of them, so – there's a lot to be said for that. Yeah, I mean, you watch like I was watching the NBA last. Popovich, you know, it's like 28 seasons or whatever at San Antonio. Like winning championships, being shitty, winning chip, you know, right. And then they got the. Do you see that seven foot four, whatever, Webin Yama? Like, uh, do you don't watch the NBA at all? No, he's like the number one pick. The I know, yeah, he was. All he did was shoot threes. Yeah. He wasn't like getting in the paint. Like he looked like he was gonna well, break. Well,
0: because if he goes in the paint, he's gonna break in half. I was
1: gonna say, like he was just, he like literally, he was, he was like, two of four, six points, uh, two of four on threes. I'm like, he's only taking threes, and then he, you know, he got a few more points. He got, I think he got a couple points in the paint or something. But anyway, digression there. Uh, let's see. Let's go to. I think we have. Oh, this is from. Uh, <laughs> fuck a <are> you. <laughs> <laughs> I would go fuck a Yui. Fuck a Yui. Okay, uh, this is uh, for David Long email. Cocky David is my favorite David of the year. Whether it's basketball or football, when David gets hope in his heart and eyes that UCLA is going to be great, it's the greatest time of year. I would agree. Like when UCLA basketball like starts to do well, like oh, someone's gonna get hurt. They're gonna they're gonna suck. And- yeah it's going to it's going to hurt him. Uh, over the past few weeks, David talked about how DJ on what did he was not a good passer and Clemson wasn't a fluke, only to have UCLA get beat by Oregon State. This brought David back down to reality in which he thought UCLA might barely beat Stanford. This roller coaster of emotions is why the podcast of champions is great. Or when David went on a rant about sports gambling and how it needs to be regulated and governed. But then promotes my bookie every week, which is an offshore, unregulated unregulated bookie site. Coming from uh, Kansas back to California, I would say the regulated gambling sites are far better and actually more regulated than many people would think. Uh, David, my question to you is: Being a degenerate gambler last season, I watched a lot of Maction and watched more big ball state games, uh, big ball state games than I'd like to admit. But Carson Steele was an absolute animal and carried that Big Ball State offense on his back. It seems like at UCLA, his name isn't nearly as mentioned as it was at Big Ball State. How would you say he looked this year? Uh, he's looked this year at UCLA. With love, David, your pal. <laughs> Fuck are you? Um, thank you for the question. Uh, so
0: I would say Carson Steele has looked um, on the positive side. Big and strong and able to break tackles. On the other side, um, I don't know that his speed has translated to the Pac-12 the way it might have showed up in the Mac. Um He gets caught from behind a lot. And so um, I was looking at it earlier today. Uh, his yards before contact this year, he is at... I'm going to pull it up because I don't want to get it wrong. Uh, his yards before contact is under two. It is oh. 1.6 yards before contact. Uh, For comparison, uh, a guy who runs with the exact same offensive line, TJ Harden, is at 3.8. So 2.2 fewer yards before contact for Carson Steele. Now, some of that is defenses are uh, more predisposed to know it's a run when he's in the game, I guess. Uh, But a lot of it is he gets caught, you know, a a linebacker will crash from the side and they'll get to Carson Steele before he's even hit the hole. Um, yeah. Holes closed before he gets there. It's just a little bit of that. He is so big and strong, though, that he then generates yards no matter what. And he's got a stunning four yards after contact. Yeah, that's impressive. Which is nuts. So he's averaging five point uh, whatever uh, with some takeaways. It's 5.3 yards per carry. Um, but uh, it really limits his explosive playability. Um, he doesn't, he does not break big runs
1: it's a lot of grinding grinding efficiency running jackson says uh watched a lot of steel last year his his success came by having volume carries ball state would wear down teams and steel would have his greatest success in the fourth quarter yeah is that fair
0: yeah i think that's fair and uh he's i mean he's a very like physically fit guy so i can see that and uh you know ucla has used steel best when he's getting like 25 plus carries. Yeah. Um he's not like you can't use him the same way you use Zach Charbonnet.
1: No. Uh Jackson says he has a lot of 2-3 yard carries. Yes.
0: Yes, it's a lot of uh jab 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 jab. Okay. Okay. That's, that's you're next, right? Yeah, I'm trying to find the next one. All right, it's from Joshua. Right. If you fail to learn from history. Mm. I just wanted to point out the following things that happened in Lincoln rallies last year at Oklahoma. One. He canceled all media availability the week after playing Texas because the student newspaper wrote an article that they watched practice from a building across the street and confirmed Caleb Williams was taking first team reps. This was directly after Williams came in for Spencer Rattler against Texas when down 28 points to save OU and pull out a miracle victory. 2. He canceled last minute on doing his Monday coaches show on November 9th, 9th, citing a personal matter. 3. After losing to Oklahoma State in the post-game press conference, a reporter asked him about rumors he was taking another job. Riley cut him off before he could finish the question to say he was not going to be the next head coach at LSU, then ended the press conference. All I'm saying is, Ryan might want to start doing some plane tracking. My prediction is at the end of the year, Riley says all the right things, and then after the NFL Week 18 games are played on January 7th, or in the following week, it's announced that he has taken one of the open NFL jobs, leaving USC in the herocious position. Herocious. Of having all of their impact players uh, hitting the portal way late in the cycle and scrambling to find a new head coach after the coaching carousel in college has come to a halt with all the best candidates already finding new jobs. All the signs are there.
1: Uh, Nice. Well, first of all, business-wise, We love love a coaching search. The best thing that could happen to us is a coaching search. I personally don't agree with this one, uh, but that's definitely good for business if something like that happens. Um yeah uh
0: I would bet on Lincoln rally going to the NFL after this year. You would. He so, seems embattled.
1: Hey I I agree with you. He seems embattled, but I feel like this is I I I just I personally don't, but I mean I it's not like I know him very well. So we'll see we'll see what happens. I mean but, he should be getting excited about the Miller Moss era. You're right. Right. Well they always brings in transfer mm-hmm. quarterbacks too. Yeah. Uh Gridge. Gritch- You're not excited about the Miller Moss era? i like miller moss yeah i think think he would probably run the offense like caleb is like obviously amazing but i feel like he's so big that he can kind of do whatever he wants
0: and uh you heard it here first uh ryan is comparing caleb williams
1: to jaden delora (laughs) definitely didn't mention that name (laughs) oh by the way we didn't even mention if delora starts what if he starts he's not gonna start jed fish is stupid he's
0: not that dumb He's not that dumb. sure he's he's now he's now three weeks post concussion from the piano falling on his head
1: yeah um here Jim had a point uh this is so I kind of agree with this Riley would take a pay cut have less control and worse living conditions yeah so that's I think that's fair um okay let's see the next question is Grinch job security? Uh, This is Garrett from Orange. He says, hey, Ryan and Dave, what do you think it would take at this point for Alex Grinch to keep his job? If he and the team somehow turn things around and USC wins out the rest of their schedule with great defensive performances, does Riley keep him or do we think he is as good as fired at this point? What do I
0: think it would take for Alex Grinch to keep his job? Him uh, somehow scaring up the money to order a hit on every sitting defensive coordinator (laughs) at the FBS and FCS
1: levels. Wow. To, to Garrett's point, my guess would be if they do win out, I mean, that's super unlikely, obviously, and they play OK on defense. I bet you he keeps them. Oh. <laughs> I
0: mean, the the fan base it would not go well. But mind. I'm just telling,
1: like, I'm going to tell you what I think. Like, I don't think Riley's leaving for the NFL. That's just what I think. But I think if they like finish the season really strong, there's a good <laughs> chance he keeps them um so that just tell you what i think I don't, some are good for the, that would be bad for business but i think that that would probably happen um riley leaving for the nfl would be good for business but i don't think that's gonna happen so i'm just gonna tell you that's this is a lot of usc questions here's another one i can't like people are saying in the chat i'm like i don't know ask us other questions i guess usc is such a dumpster fire right now that people are it's funny curious yeah. for
0: ryan is lincoln riley still the best head coach in the pac-12 no i mean he's lost <laughs> head
1: to head like He's got the best resume still. He's done more than everyone else, but he's not. Yeah, you can't say that right now. Uh, okay, next up. Oh my god, another one. I'm sorry. Like we're not asking the questions. You guys are writing these in. If you don't like, if you don't like them in the chat, like send us other questions. Is Alex Grinch secretly Johnny Manzel uh, from Brian? I'm sure Ryan saw this, and David normally, and David normally Dave would have missed it. Uh, but it presented tons of chances to troll USC, so he definitely saw it. Alex Grinch was asked why his defense allowed uh, Saiony Vake to catch about 25 <laughs> passes for like 5,000 yards on wheel routes. It wasn't the exact question, but it was close against USC. His response didn't see it on film. This is even though literally, uh, literally ran Vake. I think he means they ran Vake. They that. ran, yeah. So they even they ran Vake on wheel routes at least twice against Cal, the pig farmer. Just through the pigskin too far, uh, man. His,
0: his yeah. Was this like rough. voice
1: to text? Like yeah, it's rough. I mean, yeah, to fear. Uh, so since Alex Grinch doesn't watch film, that basically <laughs> makes him Johnny Manziel, right? Luckily for Alex, watching film isn't really a big part of football. A football coach's jobs. Go Utes four in a row against USC, longest win streak against USC in the poll era, other than UCLA. All right, I'm going to answer another question. Can I one real th- real thing on his. Uh-huh. There was like it might be voice to text. When you need like two capitalized words in a row like a like a proper uh-huh. name, he he's always capitalized the first and not the second. Like yeah. there was a consistent thing. Like something's weird with this email.
0: Yeah. Uh Gil that? asked a question in the YouTube chat that we're just going to use as a palate cleanser. David, what record or scenario results in a UCLA head coach search? What is the buyout situation? Glad you asked, Gil. Um, so the buyout situation is kind of confusing. They did an extension. I think right now it's like 8 million. Uh, but I think once December comes around, like December 15th, it drops to 4 million. So that's that. Uh, what record or scenario results in a UCLA head coach search? Well, it's. I think it would be interesting at 8 and 4. I think 7 and 5, I would put odds on a search. And anything below that's obviously a disaster. But I would say... Seven and five or below is a pretty obvious search. I think eight and four is where it gets interesting. It depends on the complexion of
1: how it goes. So the Bruins right now are, uh, what is it, six and two? Yes. Uh, No, five and two. Five and two. Okay.
0: So Colorado this weekend, more than likely a win. Then it's at Arizona, which right now I would put probably a a loss. Uh, ASU at home, probably a win. SC. USC uh, on the road is I mean who knows what kind of USC we're looking at yeah. come mid November and then Cal at home.
1: Cal at home should be
0: a win. They should have minimum of 3 more wins. Yeah. So that puts them at that 8 and 4 thing that I'm talking about. Right. And 8 and 4 I think is just you know and that's where you got to get into the mind of Martin Jarmond and it's just you know do you want to go in with continuity to the Big 10 do you want to go in with a new face like what do you like what's the cuz I think 8 and 4 this year you're kind of like uh and if it's eight and four where they win out the year with Ethan Garbers, is Dante Moore even sticking around? Mm.
1: You know, there's I, I think there's just a I think lot of do. Eight that goes four is it. extension time for sure. <laughs> you want stability going into the big time. Uh Gil says, Um, by the way, the head is cut off, but that is JJ Stokes in my profile pick. Hell yeah, baby. Nice. Uh thank you, Gil, for uh that. All right,
0: let's get back to our USC questions.
1: Okay. Uh, really? No.
0: Uh Tenny. Um oh, okay. So I'm oh, going to I'm going to highlight this cuz I don't want to read the whole thing.
1: Um This uh, is my friend Tenny. Oh, really? Yeah. Remember I think I put her into like she she follows you and stuff. Oh, and so she has Holy cow. She Tenny. has a really
0: long email that she sent to a lot of different people. I don't think it's incumbent on us to read it on this chat, but the Rose Bowl tailgating experience has become very bad and they are trying to uh, uh, push people out who've been doing tailgates for decades basically. Um, from doing a lot of what's been done for a long time, which is tailgating away from your car a little bit so that you can get under the shade of some trees, but also having anything that looks too organized. Apparently, Learfield and a lot of the the different agencies that run a lot of the formal tailgates at the Rose Bowl are trying to squeeze these people out. It's bullshit. If you have any uh, pull or sway, uh, help out a bunch of UCLA fans. They're, they're the hardcore, the like, these are the iron like the iron sold, the iron willed UCLA fans who still go to games, still tailgate. These are the people like uh, come on, don't take away this last vestige of uh the glory days of UCLA by uh by by
1: bulldozing these people. Um wow. Yeah, I didn't realize that. So yeah, Tenny's my friend, so I guess she just included us on that email. Um but yeah, that was a whole like that was a lot. Yeah. She's a she's a lawyer, can you tell? there's
0: a lot of writing man there's a lot of
1: right yeah. yeah um uh they were her, her and her husband their house was featured on one of those like hg tv shows too it's kind of funny um okay so should i do this one i guess uh robin seattle question for you gentlemen uh after washington's clunker of a win over asu i've seen a theory banded about online that goes something like this land danning is friends with denny killingham i got you david and made a strategic move to share information about the Washington and the Arizona State coaching staff in an effort to assist in a Washington loss, which would benefit Oregon. Whether or not it's true, in this instance, my question to you gentlemen is, does information sharing like this happen between coaching staffs, and if so, how frequently? For the record, I would think that having an extra week to prepare for that game helped ASU staff just as much, if not more, than any info sharing would have. Either way, tip of the cap to them. They really could have, maybe should have won that game, but uh, big yikes. But we'll take the win and wear our 7 0 merit badge with pride. On to Stanford for likely another weird ass game. Go, Dogs, Rob, and Seattle.
0: It does happen. Yeah. Um. Lots of staffs share info. Because you got to remember, like, in as much, like, so, not in as much, but um, these guys are competitors and everything, but they're also, um, Uh, friends a lot of times like they've got friends on other staffs they've got friends like especially the low-level staffers like they'll share shit all the time Um, so I don't know if it was Land Danning sharing with Denny Killingham but it might have been whatever GAs he was friends with but I'm sure he got some info from Oregon but the thing is like if you're a good staff you're watching a lot of film you like don't miss things like an offense oh this offense occasionally runs a wheel route like you don't miss (laughs) that on film Uh, If you're a good staff Um, and you've got people charting this stuff all season. So like what value you could get from uh, Oregon would probably be like which guys look maybe a little bit more hurt than you would think on the film or like like that sort of stuff like or like this is something we saw really up close that you wouldn't get on film. But like or like, I mean, getting into the sign stealing conversation, maybe like, oh, we deduce this about their signs, but. I I'm kind of out on all that stuff. I think it plays into this idea that these guys are doing shit. That's like, um, akin to working on the Manhattan project. And I'm just out on that entire idea. That's just not like, no, they just coach pretty well. Um, and they had a really good scheme in place for dealing with what Washington does offensively. And Washington obliged by playing a shitty game. This happens, but it's not, there doesn't always need to be this like grand conspiracy explainer for, uh, a team playing above its weight and another team uh, playing a shitty game. It happens sometimes. And did ASU help cause the shitty game? Sure. that Brian Ward uh, earned his his salary in that game. Um, But we've seen Denny Killingham's team be competitive now every single game since he took over as the play caller. That's not a coincidence. Um, So I I don't buy all the like, uh, oh, no, it was all an info sharing thing, and that's the reason. No, it's – They've been coaching better. They've been playing better since he took over. And uh, Washington picked a bad time to take a poop on the field. Yeah. I agree. All right. Um, This is from Dave from, I think it's Seguim. I've pronounced it before. Seguim? I don't know. No, I think it's like Seguim or something. Uh, Interesting debate I overheard at the Gorst Safeway. (laughs) <laughs> Greetings, Wilbur and Dennis DeYoung. Young. Now that the season is over, due to our loss to Arizona State, I wanted to ask this offseason hypothetical I overheard on my way down to hoquium Maybe it's Siquium. I don't know. That's what uh, I who would you rather have for your deep threat wide receiver quarterback duo, John Ross and Michael Penix, quarterback, or Jake Proun- Jake Browning and Spider Man? <laughs> Thanks for all the hard work. I mean, Jake Browning and Spider
1: Man. I mean, first of all. You're talking about you, the... Like, Jake Browning, anybody. Jake Browning, but, the most Pac-12 quarterback of all time. Yeah, Jake Browning, anybody. But if you're giving me Spider-Man and Jake Browning, like, come on. Do you remember John Ross, though? Oh, John was, Ross John Ross was amazing. He ran, like, a 3.940 or something. Remember, he had, like, super fast,
0: I think, at the combo. Actually, I thought Jake Browning was a pretty good fit for John Ross. Uh, yeah. Because those moon balls that gave him time to kind of run out under it. I don't know if Phoenix would be as good with him. Um. I don't know. Uh, yeah, you got to go Jake Browning and Spider Man, no question.
1: Just, I mean, Jake Browning, anybody. Yeah, obviously. Jake Browning and like a bag of Oreos. Obviously. But Spider Man, come on. Uh, we got one, I think last one text message. Uh, hey, who would you take out of, a, of the bad offense and good defensive teams? Last year's Beavers or this year's Utah? I mean the Beavers weren't bad
0: offensively last year. They just didn't have a passing game by the end of the year. Yeah. Cuz they ran the ball really well. Yeah. Um I don't know. Probably Beavers last year. I don't know. Utah's doing stupid stuff. They they're doing absurd things. I mean, I'm just I just want to see how long they can keep it up. Yeah. Um all right, let's look. What was Oregon State offensively? Yeah, Oregon State offensively last year was 47th in the SP+. They were fine. Yeah. They're just passing attack was dog shit by the end of the year, but they were fine.
1: Yeah. Um
0: Yeah. So, uh I'd take Oregon State. I think they were a better team.
1: Uh oh, uh Rusty's- Squim. Squim is that what they Is that what they said? Yeah. Uh, okay. We have a couple in the YouTube chat and we'll get out of here. Matthew says, question, which school with two plus losses has the highest chance of winning out? Mm. So two plus losses, you have USC, UCLA, uh Arizona. I'm not gonna like nobody else. So there's basically those three. Like you're not gonna say Colorado. Or I guess if you want to say Colorado, you can, but um Washington State maybe.
0: All right. Like so- Cal
1: Stanford, Arizona State, no. But
0: so UCLA has uh five more games. Uh they have to go. Hang on. Let me. UCLA has um
1: yeah, we are we already went over this. So, uh, so it's got
0: 250-50 a- games and then three games where they'll probably be like 80 or 90% favorites. Yeah. So, what that works out to is yeah, I mean it's not a great chance of winning out, but, but it's not But there's a chance. I I would say they've got like 35%? No, it's less than that. Probably like... 25? 10 to 20%. Okay. Um, all right, USC has... They only have
1: four games, but they have two top 10 teams and yeah. UCLA.
0: Yeah, so this one, I would say they're probably, um, I don't know, uh, 40-60 to lose both Washington... Well, probably 40-60 to lose to Washington at home and then 20-80 to lose to Oregon on the road. Yeah, so they're going to be lower um so I'd put them under 10%, maybe like 5% chance. Um all right, who else were we going to do? So we could do
1: uh, probably Washington State, Arizona. What like, about Utah? Utah's one loss. Oh right. <laughs> they only have one loss. They're not even in, they're not even in this. Uh,
0: uh Washington State um they just have 5 games left, but uh three of them are on the road. Yeah. Got at ASU, which we both think is a loss. Uh Stanford, which should be a win. At Cal, which could be interesting, Colorado at home, and then at Washington. Um, I
1: mean, there's really only one. I mean, they only have one ranked team. They only play Washington.
0: Yeah, but it's just in aggregate, and they've looked like Dookie.
1: So yeah. I'd put that at close to zero. I would put that higher than USC. Yeah, okay. Because, I mean, there's really only the one good team. Yeah, but it's still like they've
0: looked bad. It's not even like Arizona. It's Arizona so State, the So right? the, the, the one that's interesting to me is Arizona. Okay. so Arizona has three really tough opponents left in Oregon State, UCLA, and Utah, but they get them all at all home. at home. yeah
1: Colorado, Arizona state on the
0: road. so they've got a, basically they've got three coin flips at home and then two road games that are manageable. I mean I'm not gonna say they're easy, but they're manageable. So I think it's I, well I think it's basically just five straight coin flips um, so what will that be? Five times five times five sometimes, you know. Um I think they're under five percent.
1: So probably UCLA the best chance. Probably.
0: Yeah. But it's not a good chance. I don't think anybody in that group has a really good chance of getting uh undefeated.
1: Okay. And then one last one. Rusty says, um, what's the best Halloween candy? Or what, what did he say? Uh yeah, what's the best Halloween candy?
0: Uh hundred grand is pretty good. I do like those. Uh Reese's General any any Reese's uh are very good. Um I'm a Twix guy. As I've gotten older Twix has not been as much of a favorite as it was for me when I was a youth. Um Where are you on candy corn? I like candy Dog corn. Dog shit. Yeah, you I like um, I like candy corn. We've done this before.
1: Yeah. Um Yeah. I, uh, I had a Twix moment in college like there was some like on campus giveaway or I, d- I did something, I don't know, but I had like boxes of peanut butter Twix. So I think I like, I maxed out on those. Yeah. I actually used one. We had like a mouse in the dorm, me and my roommate. And I got a, I got a mouse trap, and I put a peanut butter Twix in it and caught the mouse. It was pretty funny, but I had a lot of peanut butter Twix. Uh, Babe Ruth. Uh, those are good. Um, I like caramellos.
0: Okay. Yeah. Caramellos, like caramellos are fine, but that's not really a Halloween candy. S- Snickers. Oh, that's ones. true. Yeah. Snickers are bullshit. Snickers are fucking terrible uh rusty you should feel bad about yourself i just
1: had one on the golf course i I usually have them on the golf course
0: snickers are bad why we've been convinced they're good but they combine the worst part of the peanut which is the actual peanut and not the butter like Um, you want peanut butter you don't want like crunchy little nuts in your chocolate that's stupid yeah uh no snickers are bad
1: milky way is far superior i think for like easter has like special candies which i love but like halloween doesn't really have like The only Halloween candy is really like candy corn, which I like and you don't like. But like, what is a Halloween candy? It's just all the candy bars. Like you just get candy bars from. So it's sort of like anything works, you know.
0: Yeah, Um, it's not like Easter where you get like Cadbury cream eggs and shit. Yeah, Um,
1: Cadbury cream eggs are awesome. The 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 mini eggs are like probably my favorite. Yeah, um, those mini eggs. It's like M and M's on steroids. Like those are really freaking good.
0: Yeah, Brian asks what Halloween costumes are my kids wearing this year. Um, great question. Uh, the eldest is going to be Snow White. Uh, The youngest is going to be Mal from something called The Descendants on Disney. Okay. She's wearing like a little jumpsuit and a wig. I don't know. Very cute. Uh, It's going to be certainly
1: interesting. Almond Joy Mounds. Uh, Hold on. I was going to put that up there. Okay. That is, um, we should just shut the show down. Like, I don't think we can go on. We can't go on. Yet another duck. We fan. can't actually have a listener who
0: says things like
1: that. No, we, I, we have to shut the show's over. Like, we we are going to stop. Oh my God, I almost threw up in my mouth.
0: <laughs> I didn't think anyone actually ate those. I thought those were just like the ballast that you put in the bottom of the bag so it can be carried easily when the wind picks yeah, up. Yeah,
1: like there was like, there was, you get Neco wafers or Almond Joy and mounds and you just throw those away. Like, there's like, good God. And you don't throw away your own trash. You had to look the neighbor's trash because there was not yeah. a good, you don't want that in your own trash. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> where are you on uh three musketeers uh
0: three musketeers are fine they're not good i kind of like them yeah uh the like nougatty shit uh it's fine it's not great uh skittles uh, like i'll go skittles. i'll go across the board and go to like the fruity side of things skittles starburst those are fine too skittles i like those not my preference like if you're gonna do candy why would you fuck around it's chocolate but uh sure i'll i'll get some what kind of cancer do you get from skittles oh like, red... did we
1: shut it down didn't like california shut skittles down yeah, or something skittles, <laughs> skittles you're dead it makes me want to buy um,
0: them. yeah but you yeah. can get you can get some insane cancer from it um which is probably cool uh is the bruin slamming the door in the face of the trojan kid at halloween still the best espn commercial it is very good i don't remember which one that is um somebody comes to the door in a usc costume
1: oh and they like to okay uh all right well good stuff um that's going to wrap things up. Do you want to give a big smile for the camera, David, so we can do our screenshot? Because, you know, otherwise you're looking off into space or whatever. Or, or like, yawning or, or yawning, checking my email. Checking or your Carhartt shirt, you know, one of 50 that you wear. Um, Skittles turn you into a UCLA fan, Rusty says. They do have those weird commercials where they're like, they have like Skittles growing off of you and people eat them. Like, that was a little kind of gross.
0: Jackson, don't give me Dave's boy Newsom. All right, don't give me that. Dave's boy
1: some <laughs> <laughs> banning Skittles. That is your boy, man. Banning—he's not Skittles. my boy. Is he not your boy? He's not my boy. I put the wrong one up. Uh, Skittles turns you into UCLA fan, and then what an insult! Your boy He's uh, not your boy. No, he's not my boy. Okay. Why do you ban Skittles? Why is your boy banning Skittles? Because okay.
0: he's given—he's—he apparently he doesn't want people to have that particular kind of cancer. Right, there's other cancers, all the other cancers you can get in California, those are fine. Smoking's okay. This Skittles? one, no, no, no sorry. Don't that. I all live right. in El Segundo. There's a refinery on one side, <laughs> there's an airport on the other, and there's a Hyperion plant on the other side. And then there's Sepulveda, maybe the busiest highway in uh, in Southern California. I'm getting some kind of cancer. You got to be
1: something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that's David David Woods over there. Uh, I am Ryan Abraham. Hope you guys enjoyed the show, and we will talk to you next time. Goodbye.